1 Corinthians chapter number 10, and we're going to read verses 12 and 13. The Bible says this, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Then verse 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. And just for the next few moments tonight, I want to talk to you on just that simple phrase that you find there at the end of verse 13. And it's just simply this, a way to escape. A way to escape. When you look into these scriptures, you see some powerful promises in the word of God. That he will give us this way to escape. And I believe if, if we want to escape things that we face in our life, I believe the word of God is what gives us that path. It gives us, it gives us our direction. There's nothing like the word of God in your life. You need to be in the word of God. You need to have the word of God. And I, I believe I'm so thankful for what we receive when we come together. We are, we are blessed beyond measure. We're blessed beyond a lot of other churches in this world. But I'm telling you, you need to be in the Word of God even for yourself. Be studying the Word. Be reading the Word of God. Because it gives us, it gives us the instruction for life. Whenever you begin to look at these verses and and uh, if, you, if, if we begin to look at these two verses, I want to just go through them and, and expound on them. You know, it, it says there in verse 12, Wherefore let him that think he standeth take heed lest he fall. This is very important for us to understand. If we want to have a way of escape, we've got to first of all understand that we cannot have the mindset and the attitude that I'm strong enough or that I'm good now. Or that I've arrived with God. But we must constantly remember that we need God and we need His touch every single day. We can't do it on our own. And in fact, when we think we can, we, we can stand, the Bible says here, you need to watch out lest you fall. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 41. Talking to His disciples, He, he says this, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You may be willing, but you have a flesh that is weak. And if, if we want to be able to overcome, if we want to have this way of escape, we've got we've to watch and we have got to pray. It's not just enough to, to just... Say, you know, I go to church every, every day and, or, you know, I go to church every time the doors are opened and, 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 you know, I, I, I do everything that I know to do. But if we don't have that mindset of watching and praying, we can surely fall. This is something that, that we see when we begin to look through these scriptures. And, and if we're not careful, we'll have the attitude I, that I'm strong enough. I'm strong enough to, I'm strong enough to go there and not be affected. 
I'm strong enough to watch that and not be wavered. I'm, I'm strong enough to blend in but not break. I'm, I'm strong enough to, you know, like the Samson syndrome, I'm, I'm strong enough to flirt around with sin but not really give in. Doesn't matter really how strong you are. If we have strength in and of ourselves, we need to watch out. You know, sometimes I believe the easiest way to, to escape a storm in life is simply on the very first onset of recognizing there's a storm coming, there's, there's something heading your way, is that you immediately get it out of the way. I can remember uh, when we were in Disney Springs one time with, with my family. You know, it's always packed out. It's crazy. It's madness. People from all over the country, if not the world, are down there, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was the beginning of the summertime, and you can see the black clouds rolling in. And you know how our summer storms have been. My goodness, they have been, they've been crazy this summer, I feel like, more than any other time. But sometimes, I, I don't know if you, if you have experienced this, but I, I've experienced it multiple times where, like, the smell in the air even changes, like you can see the clouds and you can even you can even take a breath of the air outside and it's it's completely different and you know rain is coming and it's coming quick. And I remember us looking up and we're like, Wow, rain is coming. We better leave right now. And so we grab our family and we're like, All right, it doesn't matter how much longer we wanted to stay, we're headed to the car. Meanwhile, as we're heading to the car, there's just people pouring in, pouring in, pouring in. And we're just thinking, these poor people, my goodness, they're, they're not going to get anything out of Disney Springs today. And, you know, if, if, if we're not careful, I think in our lives sometimes we can be like that. We can be like that with things that we face. You know, we can see something on the horizon and say, well, I, I can wait just a little bit longer. I, I, can, I can, you know, I can flirt with this a little bit longer. And, and we begin to uh, allow things to be in our lives. But, but can I just say this today on the onset of this, this message tonight is don't risk it. Whenever you begin to see something, you, you, need to, you, need to, you need to get it out of your life. In fact, Jesus said, watch and pray that you don't even enter into temptation. He, he was trying to get us to prevent even having to have a way of escape. I believe we can get to a point in our life through prayer and through being observant and through, you know, being sensitive to the Holy Ghost where, where we can begin to recognize things that are going to try to come our way and try to distract us or try to destroy us. And God can begin to help us to not even enter into those situations. But ladies and gentlemen, even if we enter into some situations, even when we begin to face some storms in our life, God always gives us a way of escape. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 9 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We have an enemy of our souls we have an enemy of our souls. And so we, we've got to, as this scripture says, we've got to take heed lest we fall. We've got, to, we've got to be on the lookout. We've got to be on the watch because there are things that are coming our way. We have an enemy that is trying to destroy us. We have an enemy that's trying to destroy us. The enemy is trying to distract us, trying to destroy us, trying to get us to give up our relationship with God, to try to get us to give up our place with God. But God has given us the victory. If you go on to verse number 13, 
He says this, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. So just as we've got to understand that we've got to rely on God. Here he also tells us is that we've got to understand we're not the only one going through things. The enemy, I believe, a lot of times will like you when you're in the middle of a storm, when you're in the middle of a trial, a test, whatever it may be that you're facing. He'll try to get, convince you that nobody understands what you're going through. Nobody feels your pain. Nobody, I'm the only one going through this. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm thankful for the word of God that's full of witnesses of people that are not perfect people, but they have found a perfect God and they found a perfect way in God. And let me just say this, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 12 says, says it beautifully. He says, wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We have a cloud of witnesses that, that, that are there to tell us that, that we are not the only person to be facing trials, temptations, storms, and tests. But the Bible is full of stories and examples of people. And I'm glad to know that our word, the word of God, gives us this, this strength and this encouragement. In fact, it's even just like the church and the people that are in the building tonight. We've all been from different backgrounds. We've been through different things. We've been through different trials. We've been through different tests. And, and there's not one person in the building that is perfect. There's not one of us that is perfect. But here's what we have found. We found Jesus and he's given us a way of escape. We found Jesus and he has given us a way of escape out of the situations that we are in, out of the things that we face, out of the muck that we found ourselves in when we came to Jesus. In fact, Jesus, even himself, knows exactly what we're going through. We don't have a God that has not experienced the things that you've experienced. In fact, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, the Bible says this, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. It's a double negative there. So you could also say we have an high priest that is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. We have a God that knows what we're going through. And he goes on to say this, and he was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. He was tempted in every area. He, he, he was tempted in every way, shape, and form that you and I are tempted in. We have a God that knows exactly what you're facing and what you're dealing with every single day. But here's the good news. He was able to overcome it. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why you need the spirit of Jesus Christ inside of you. Because when you have his spirit inside of you, you have that spirit that can overcome any temptation. You have that spirit that's overcome anything that the enemy will try to throw your way. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. You need his spirit. He faced that storm before you ever face that storm. Jesus was hurt. He was rejected. He was poor. He cried. He wept, but yet he escaped having no sin. 
And ladies and gentlemen, it's the same thing with you and I. When we have the spirit of Jesus Christ, it becomes that spirit of escape. It becomes that spirit of escape. It'll help you to escape the resentment, the shame, the mistake, whatever it is that you're facing in your life. He will help you. And ultimately, that spirit will help you to escape the death of sin, the death penalty that sin brings upon each and every one of us. Because he knows, he knows, there's no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. Let me tell you something. Yes, I know you're going through a struggle, but let me tell you something. Everybody goes through struggles. Everybody faces storms. Everybody faces trials and tests. And let me tell you something, everybody that you're around, that's why you need the church. That's why you need the word of God, because every time you get around people, yes, you may look around and be like, well, everybody seems to be doing fine right now. But yeah, you don't know what they've been through. And if you just begin to reach out to somebody that's next to you, the Bible says iron can sharpen iron and they can tell you, yes, I've been through the things that you've been through. And, but yet God has given me a way of escape. God gave me peace in the middle of the, of the storm. God gave me God gave me whatever it is that you need. That's what we find when we begin to look into the word of God. And then verse 13 goes on to say this, but God is faithful. But God is faithful. I've come to tell somebody tonight God is faithful doesn't matter how many people have walked out on you. It doesn't matter how many things change in this world. God is faithful. And he says, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that he may be able to bear it. The enemy would like to convince you that God has forsaken you. In the middle of your storm, God has forgotten about you. Job, you just need to give up on God. You just need to curse God and die in the middle of your storm. I'd like to convince you you're too far gone for God to give you a way of escape. Or there's no way that God can bring you out of this. But ladies and gentlemen, God is faithful. David said it this way in Psalms chapter 37 verse 26 or 23, excuse me. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. God delights in the way that you are going. He delighteth in your way. And it says, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Ladies and gentlemen, we may fall. We may fall into some temptations. We may fall into some things that, that this world tries to throw at us. But, but the steps of a good man, the Bible says, he shall not utterly be cast down, but the Lord will uphold him with his hand. And David says, I, I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Let me tell you something. The righteous will never be forsaken. God does not forsake his people. But with every situation, there is a way to escape. 
It goes on to say, He is merciful and lendeth, and His seed is blessed. He's ever merciful. Let me tell you something about our God. Our God does not throw us away whenever we make a mistake. Our God does not turn His back on us whenever we face a trial, sickness, test, or trespass. Whenever we're facing something in our life and, and we feel like we're forsaken, I've come to remind somebody tonight, God has not forsaken you. There is a way to escape in every situation and in every thing. Hebrews says it like this. Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse 5. He says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said... I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. In the middle of feeling forsaken, what do you do? What do you do in the midst of feeling forsaken? What, what's the response when you feel like God's not hearing your prayers? Whenever you feel like there's no way out, what's the response? The response is be content. The Word of God says be content and don't covet. Let your conversation be without covetousness. It's so easy for us in the middle of our situation to be like, man, I wish I had it like him right now. I wish my life was as good as theirs right now. They just got a new car, a new job, a new this, a new that. And we can look over and we can feel forsaken. Here he says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content and such things as you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then verse 6 says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do <laughs> unto me. We got we to gotta have the mindset, God is my helper. It doesn't matter what situation comes your way. It doesn't matter what attack the enemy throws at you. You've always got to go back to the Lord as your helper. If you stick with God, let me tell you something. You'll never be forsaken. You'll never be utterly cast down. You won't be destroyed, but he'll hold you up with his hand. He'll help you in the time of trouble. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. You got to say the Lord's my helper. And I believe this, and, and we'll get into this in just a few moments, but I believe your response to what you face determines the peace that you have in the midst of the storm. Verse number seven goes on to say this Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end. Of their conversation. Now, I'm when I when I study the the word of God, I I rarely use my Bible, and here's why: because I'm a I'm a nerd for for what the Greek word is behind things. I don't know why I love Strong's Concordance. I have one of the oldest apps that barely works on the new iPhones, and it's just I I love it I love it to death because I can click on any word in the Bible. And it'll tell me the Greek word and more about the meaning of that word, the real meaning of that word. And then it'll go on to tell me how many more times that word is mentioned in the Bible. 
And so as I was preparing for this, when it says he shall make a way to escape in every temptation, it's the same word as the end of their conversation. And it's the only two times it's found in your Bible. The only two times that you find that that Greek word, ekbasis, meaning to go out, to exit literally or figuratively, an end or a way to escape. Whenever whenever you you read there, he's going to give you a way to escape. He's also saying here, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith you follow, considering their end or the way of escape that they had. You look at it other translations, it, it'll make it clearer sometimes, but it's saying whose faith you follow, why? Because you've seen the end of their life and you've seen the results of their life. When you have this way of escape, you have the end of all things. Here he's saying there is this end. There's this great end that I have for you. And then verse 8 goes on to say this. Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Just in case the enemy comes around and tries to trick you, yes, he never forsook them, but he's going to forsake you. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ hasn't changed. If he did it before, he'll do it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he came through before for somebody back then, he'll come through, he'll come through now for you. Let me tell you something. If he came through before for you, you gotta remember that. Why? Because there's gonna be times when you do feel forsaken. There's gonna be times when you don't know why. But you've gotta remember, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. But here's what I've found in my life. Most of all the frustrations in my life have come from me having the wrong response in the middle of my storms. We're all going to face storms. We're all going to face things that we, that, that we don't know how to handle. But most of the frustrations come when you aren't responding correctly in the middle of your storm. I remember going to a men's conference um, when I was just, I was probably a teenager, I don't know, I can't even remember the exact time, and, and, um, and I was at a panel discussion, and during that panel discussion, there was, a, there was an elder there on the panel, and he says, there's four storms that you're going to face in life, and luckily I was taking notes. I, I was so thankful I was taking notes because this, this, this was one of the, there's just some things that just stick out to you for the rest of your life when you hear them sometimes and they just stick to you. This was one of those things. And he says this, there's four storms that you'll face in your life. Trials, trespasses, temptations, and tests. He said, you find all of these in the word of God. There's, there's these four storms that you'll face. And he says they, they all come from four different sources. But here's the thing, they all have four different responses to them as well. And he said, a lot of frustration comes whenever you're in a trial, but you treat it like a test. Or when you're on a trespass and you treat it like a temptation. 
or when you're on a trial and you think it's a trespass and a lot of confusion comes. And I want to share these with you because I believe that this, this, is, this is the response that you need to have in the midst of this. There's four sources for these storms and they'll put them up there on the screen. The trials come from you, from me. Trials come from my own mistakes. When I face a trial, it's because I've done something wrong. I've sinned. I've messed up. I've made the wrong decision. You know, we get put on trial. If we go and commit a crime, you'll get put on trial. Why? Because that's something that you've committed. Trespasses is something that other people do to you. They trespass against you. Temptations is something that that comes from the enemy. The enemy will, will, will send temptations your way to try to get you to trip up, to try to get you to fall. And then tests will come from God. God will test our faith, our character. But the responses is what matters. The response in the middle of your storm. Responses are really important. I'm trying to teach my children this. The way that you respond to somebody is really important. I have one child who just doesn't have very good social skills and they 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 don't they're really not trying to be mean i i truly believe that i mean i i may be a blind parent as a lot of parents are but i really don't think they're trying to be mean but they'll say something and it, it just sounds so rude and so mean and we'll say well i'm i'm constantly one of the one of my favorite phrases probably in my entire house you could probably even ask my kids and they would say it I'll, I'll say this. I'll say, say the same thing in a different way. I'll say that all the time. I want you to say the same thing you just said, but in a different way. For example, right? I think even today, one of them looked at the other sibling and said, get it yourself. And I was like, okay, hold up, hold up. Say the same thing, but in a different way. And so they re-round the tape and was like, I'm busy right now. I can't help you. Why don't you try to do it yourself first? I can help you in a few minutes if you can't get it. Or maybe, maybe you're married. Maybe you, maybe you figured this out. Your response matters sometimes. How you respond matters sometimes. I remember going through uh, marriage counseling and one of the things was never start a sentence with you are. Never start a sentence with that. If you're angry, at least. Always start it if you're complimenting. You're beautiful. You're, you're, you're wonderful. You're... But if you're angry, never start a sentence with you are. Always start the sentence with I feel like that. Not you. I feel like that was very hurtful and it'll change the entire mood your response literally determines so many things you can respond wrong one time to somebody and they'll write you off for the rest of your life think about that my goodness especially as a church we need to be careful when we you know how we respond to people that are around us we, we, you know, we don't want to be the reason somebody said, well, that church isn't a friendly church. That wasn't even in my notes. That's just for free. All right, let's get back to the notes. We have a friendly church, thank God. 
the four responses. I want to go through these. I want to give you some scriptures for these because I think they're very important. So let's look at the first one, trials. All right, trials, they come from me. Trials come from me, my, my own things. And the Bible tells us the response for this is to repent. Whenever I make a mistake, I've got to repent. So trials, they, they come from you and you've got to repent of them. Trespasses come from others and you have to release them. Matthew chapter 18, verse 35 says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you, from your hearts, forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. There's multiple scriptures of this in the word of God, but if we want to be forgiven from God, we've got to be forgiving people as well. There's multiple scriptures of that in the word of God. We don't have time to go into it all, but it, it's, 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 it goes to the very nature of Jesus. Think of how many grudges Jesus could have held against people. But we find in Luke chapter 23 and verse 33, the Bible says, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, they crucified him. And the male factors, the one on the right hand and the other on the left, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It goes to the very character of Jesus to look at people who are literally putting him to death, nailing him to a cross, and releasing them, saying, forgive them, forgive them. I know it's easier said than done because we, we're, we're taught our, everything in our flesh says to hold a grudge to be bitter, to take vengeance and, and all these different things. But you've got to understand something. And the Bible even tells us this. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers. And, you know, Meaning this, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the effects of sin on humanity. We wrestle against people that have been tricked and duped by, by, by sin and by the effects of sin. We've got to learn in the middle of trespasses, to let go and let God. In fact, God said, vengeance is mine. He said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So if we take vengeance, we take his place, and we take his seat, and we try to be like God. And we cannot do that. We've got to learn to release. So trials... They, they come from you and you got to repent of them. Trespasses come from others and you have to release them. You got to release them. You got you to let them go. The next thing is temptations. Temptations, they come from Satan and you have to resist them. Temptations come and the response there is not to repent because you haven't done anything yet. It's not to release it, but... The Bible tells you when temptations come your way, you have to resist them. There has to be a resistance. James chapter 4 and verses 7 through 10, the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He goes on to say in verse 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. 
Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. James chapter 4 here gives us some great verses here and some great keys. He says, you've got to submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But then he goes on to say this, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And then he tells us we've got to cleanse our hands. We've got to purify our hearts. We cannot be double-minded, he says. But then he says this, yes, you may be afflicted, you may mourn, you may weep, your laughter may be turned to mourning, your, your, you know, your, your joy may be turned to heaviness. But in the midst of whatever it is that you're facing, He says, humble yourselves in the sight of God and he shall lift you up. Humble yourselves in the sight of God and he shall lift you up. You've got to, you've got to learn to resist. You've got to learn to resist the enemy. And I know we talked about it at the, at the very onset of it, but you, you got to learn in the middle of, of whatever it is that the enemy is throwing at you. You, you got to resist it. You cannot entertain sin. You cannot let sin live. You cannot, you cannot just allow sin to, to be around you and think that it will not affect you sooner or later. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to resist it. You've got to resist it. David said, I will, I've said no wicked thing before my eyes. He said, I hate the work of them that turn aside. He said, it will not cleave to me. He said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. And then he says, I, I hate the work. It's, it's not just... Oh, I just have to live it. But you've got to resist it. You've got to, you've got to build up a, a resistance to temptation, to sin, to say, I'm going to resist this and I'm going to push it back and I'm going to draw nigh to God. I'm going to cleanse my hands. I'm going to purify my heart. I'm going to get rid of my double-mindedness and humble myself in the sight of God and he will lift me up. And then the last thing is the test. The tests come from God. What do you do in the middle of a test? What's the response in the middle of a test? It's not because you've done something wrong. Maybe not even others have done something to you. Maybe. What do you do? What do you do in the middle of a test? Well, the word of God tells us to rejoice. In the middle of a test... You rejoice. So you have you have your trials which come from you. You've got to repent of them. You have trespasses that come from others. You've got to release them. And then you have temptations that come from the enemy. You've got to resist it. And then whenever you have tests that come from God, you rejoice in it. Because you know God's working something for your good. God, God's going to give a way of escape, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. He says rejoice in the Lord always, not when things are going good, but he says always, always rejoice in the Lord. Always rejoice in the Lord. And if you continue to read, you'll understand he's talking about rejoicing in the Lord even when you're going through some things. 
He goes on to say, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. You don't just rejoice when you don't have any requests. You rejoice even when you do have requests. And then he says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. What happens when you have the right response in the middle of your storm? There is a way to escape. It's called the peace of God that passes all understanding. It's going to keep your heart. It's going to keep your mind. Yes, you may not be going through. Yes, that temptation may not be over yet. Yes, that trial may not be over yet. Yes, that test may not be over yet. But let me tell you something. There is a peace from God that can come in to your life. And it will keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. And finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise uh, think on these things uh, I don't, I've come to tell somebody I don't know what you're going through but I've come to tell you you got to think on the things uh, that give God praise learn to rejoice in God rejoice in the Lord always uh, rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice you've got to keep the things in your mind that have praise that have virtue those things have got to be on your mind. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the peace of God shall be with you. The peace of God shall be with you. How do you, how do you make it through a storm? I end with this with Job. Job chapter 1. You learn everything that came against Job. My goodness, you get through the first chapter of Job and Job's nearly lost everything. You look and Job talks about how in like one day, he lost everything. Everything. His sons and his daughters died. And while the messenger, the only messenger to survive was telling him about this, the next one comes and says, hey, all your sheep, have been burnt. And while that one, you know, only I have escaped. All the other shepherds, they've all died as well. Only me have escaped to tell you, Job. And while they're still talking, another one comes in. You've lost all your crops, all your oxen, all your donkeys. All the horses, they're, they're all gone. There's a band of people that came by and stole them all, killed them all. Took everything. You literally have nothing. And the Bible says this in Job chapter 1 and verse 20. Then Job arose. He rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshipped. In the middle of his mess, in the middle of the darkest day of his life, he was hurt. It was such a test. It was such a trial he was going through. It was such a, uh, maybe a temptation that he was going through. It was a trespass. He was facing trials, temptations. He was facing all the storms at the same time. Job was facing everything. And he goes on to say, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. 
the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. How easy it would have been to charge God. To put this on God. God, it's because of you. How easy it is to always respond in the wrong way. But ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell you there's a way of escape in every storm, in every test, in every trial, in every trespass. You just got to stick with the word. And let me tell you something, when you follow the word, when you repent, when you've made a mistake, when you forgive whenever others, whenever others trespass against you, when you resist, when the enemy tries to throw temptations in front of you, when you rejoice in the middle of, of, of your test, in the middle of your darkest days. Let me tell you something. That's God giving you a way of escape because the peace of God comes and the peace of God will take over your life. Would you stand tonight? I believe the peace of God. God wants to give us peace. Tonight, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. And you, you may be facing a trial. You may be facing a trespass. You may be facing a temptation. You may be facing a test. I've come to tell you something. No matter what you're facing, there's a way to escape. I always thought it was a way of escape. I always thought it was that. I've always quoted it that way as a Bible quizzer. I've been wrong. You have to say a word for word. But it says a way to escape. There's a way for us to escape. There's a way for us to escape. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's all going to be over, but God's going to be with us in the middle of it. It's going to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the middle of that burning furnace. They said, we don't know if he's going to do it, but we know he's able to do it. And so we're not bowing down. We're resisting the temptation of the world. And guess what happened? God was with them. And there was a way to escape in the middle of that fire, in the middle of that storm in their life. And I'm looking into the faces of people. I know you may be facing something today. And you may feel like you don't know how things are going to work out. You don't know why you're going through what you're going through. You don't know why you're facing what you're facing. I've come to tell you today, just keep responding in the right way. Identify your storm and just keep responding in the right way. God will give you peace in the middle of your storm. He wants to give you peace. I can remember my dad telling me his testimony. I don't, he shares his testimony every now and then, but I can remember him telling me his testimony. He said, he said that he was a teenage alcoholic and, you know, did drugs and, I mean, a big partier and all that kind of stuff. But whenever, whenever he, he got saved, he said, I, I received the Holy Ghost. He said, I remember I felt the peace of God for the first time. He said, I, I never knew what it was like to go to sleep without some type of aid of alcohol or drugs. I didn't know 
I didn't know what it was like to go to sleep with peace in my life. He's like, the greatest thing that God gave me was peace in the middle of my storm. In the middle of my life, was everything good from that point forward? No. Has there been good days? Yes. Has there been awful days? Yes. Has there been ups and downs? Yes. But there's the peace of God that can give you that comfort and that assurance to say, the Lord is my helper. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. God will always be there. He'll always be on my side. I wonder if you can make your way to the front for just the next few minutes. We got about four or five minutes. I wonder if you could just... Make your way, and if you could just lift up your hands and just begin to worship God. Just let the peace of God flow over your life one more time. Maybe you're going through something. You need to, you need to do one of those. You need to release. You need to repent. Whatever it is you need to do, just do it. God will give you the peace. There's a way to escape this pressure, this, 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 this depression, this fear, this anxiety, this, this worry, whatever it is you're facing, there's a way to escape it tonight. Oh, God, let your peace fall. Come on, that's it. Let the peace of God cover you. Come on, that's it. Release some of those hurts. Repent. If you've got to repent, rejoice if you need to rejoice. Resist if you need to resist. Now's not the time to give in. Now's not the time to take it into your own hands. Give it over to God. Oh, God, we worship you, Jesus. We rejoice in you, oh, God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the good and in the bad, you're worthy. Oh, in the ups and the downs, you're still on the throne. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, you're the same in the good and the bad. We bless your name, oh God. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. There's a way to escape that depression you're in. There's a way to escape that fear that you're in. Come on. Come on, escape that right now. Come on, don't leave here with the same thing you came in here struggling with. Come on, let that escape. Let that escape out of your life. Come on, that's it. Push through. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. I wonder if you could find somebody to pray with. Let's pray with one another as we close out this service. 
Come on, we're not alone in our storm. We got people that will rejoice with us. Come on, we'll weep with those that weep and we'll rejoice with those that rejoice. We'll mourn with those that mourn. Come on, we bound together today. We are the body of Christ. God, I pray for my brothers and my sisters. Let the peace of God be upon them. Oh God, let them walk, oh Lord, in your peace. God, let them walk in the assurance, oh God. You are with them. You are for them. Oh God, you have not forsaken us. You have made a way of escape. You made a way to escape. We rejoice in you today, oh God. Oh God, we thank you, Lord, for the victory. We thank you, Lord, in advance, oh God. Oh God, for you have an end. I wonder if we can just close this out. Let's just worship God together. Let's rejoice. I don't know what you're going through, but just rejoice. Why? Because we have a God that's a, we're on the winning side. We have a God that's never lost a battle. Doesn't matter what battle I'm facing. Uh, oh, I've got you, Jesus. Oh, I rejoice in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God will give you a way to escape in every situation. He gives us a way to escape in every situation. Amen. If you're weary tonight, I've come to just tell you, hold on. Just keep the right response. God will always, always come through for you. Amen. Why don't you greet one another? Amen. Tell each other how good it is to see each other. Amen. You're dismissed. And the fear of the Lord, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday.